Hey, do you teach yoga? Have you ever trained to lead yoga classes to be a yoga therapist? Have you ever owned a yoga studio? Maybe even just wondered what it was like for the women and men up there in front of the room on their mats, leading you through endless Surya Namaskars, down dogs, and pranayamas galore? Well, these are their stories and mine. I'm Rebecca Sebastian, a 20-year yoga teacher, 10-year yoga therapist, yoga studio owner, and co-founder of a yoga-focused nonprofit. I've done a lot in the yoga world over the last 20 years, pretty much everything except had a water cooler. You know, a place to share stories, talk about struggles, successes, and find other people who do the same thing that I do. Welcome to Working in Yoga, a podcast and substitute water cooler for yoga folks to connect and build community, to share our unique profession, our challenges, and our journeys with the world. Welcome to Working in Yoga. This week on the podcast, I have my new friend, Heather Sheree Sanders on, and she is the founder and CEO of the Sedona Yoga Festival in Sedona, Arizona. I've pressed pause on our current series on perfectionism for one week so I can share this conversation that I had with Heather with you. And that is for two reasons. First, the Sedona Yoga Festival is happening on March 14th to 17th of this year, 2024. And if you're keen to connect, you can still snag tickets. But also, I wanted to give us a pause in perfectionism because I've got some serious episodes coming up. There are four more perfectionism episodes to go. My fave, Pooja Varani, is back on the podcast talking about perfectionism and productivity, which has a very special place in my heart as something that I also wrestle with in the idea of, am I doing enough? Then we have Tristan Katz on talking about marketing and perfectionism, which is something that I think we all have felt within this industry. And finally, one of my favorite people ever, Colise Sanders, is on the podcast talking about being the perfect activist. Colise and I really chat about DEI, and she gives the best five-minute lesson on white supremacy ever, and we talk about white women's hair, which makes me terribly uncomfortable just saying that in this intro, so I promise it will be a super interesting and, and enlightening conversation. But first, let's talk travel and festivals for a sec, shall we? This mini season that's coming after the perfectionism season is featuring talks with magazine owners, festival organizers, travel agents, and at least one, but if not two, huge retreat centers in the U.S. One thing I really want to highlight this year is how we are all operating in these super cool and interesting spaces and jobs within the same industry. We do not all do the same exact thing every day. But here we are, all gathered to support, love, and share this amazing practice that we call yoga with other people. Now, before we get into it with Heather, will you please go ahead and subscribe to the podcast from wherever you're listening? You likely know why, but if you need a reminder, this tells the algorithm that other people who have similar interests to you might also like this podcast. And thanks, as always, to Sunlight Streams, our podcast sponsor. Check out all of their self-care writing content at www.thesunlightexperience.com backslash blog. Now, let's chat with the very delightful Heather Cherie Sanders. Hey friends, welcome to Working in Yoga. Okay, I'm so excited to have this conversation this week with my new friend, Heather Cherie Sanders. So Heather, will you please tell everybody who you are and what you do? Uh, thanks, Rebecca. It's really a pleasure to be here. Um, 
I'm Heather Sanders and I run the and produce the annual Sedona Yoga Festival in Sedona, Arizona, among other things. And um, I'm really excited to have a conversation with you about what that looks like. I am thrilled. Okay, so this is part of our travel festival tourism part of the podcast because I wanted to highlight this part of our industry. I feel like first of all i started teaching 20 years ago and when i started teaching that was the goal ultimately was to be a person who could go to a festival and teach it's been such a big part of what we do for so long and then we but we never really talk about it we're not talking to the facilitators and i want first of all i want to hear about the sedona yoga festival when you started what lights you up about it and we'll go from there it's so interesting that you would bring us back to that time, this sort of heyday when there were a couple yeah. of, you know, key primary events. And there was definitely a circuit, like um, the presenters that you would expect to see at festivals, right? And so when Sedona Yoga Festival started um, in 2012, the first event was February 2013, there were these natural parameters in place about the town having no conference center and people weren't really rushing to Sedona the way they are now. So there were a lot of different yoga studios and ballrooms and just little rooms all over the place. And so the very nature right from the outset was to have a lot of different workshops and opportunities rather than, you know, a huge class with a thousand people. And this just really inspired trying to find all the teachers out there that wouldn't have thought to come to a festival or aren't on the circuit or weren't on the, you know, top 50 yoga teachers lists and all that kind of stuff, which really yeah. existed then, you know? And, um, and so we started this rigorous application process, you know, just to find people and started finding the um, you know, amazing people doing amazing work in their communities and around the world um, with their practice of yoga and how they share it in their community and what they teach. So it also helped to really, really amplify the fact that there are thousands of techniques of yoga for a reason, because there's a technique for every single person, you know? So we've always gone on this, you know, 200 workshops, lots and lots of presenters. And that I think cultivated an audience of real seekers and students, the people who come back year after year. I think that offers something really key in the market, especially at the time. Like you said, there was the circuit. I mean, Ava Taylor has been on the podcast. She was literally the one booking the circuit at that time, 2013, 2014. And the the idea that you built a festival that was like for all of us, like that just makes me so happy. <laughs> because I love that you can see you can see if you follow your social media and the people who are teaching for your festival. There's a little bit of everybody here. And that I think it makes it special. Yeah, it continued over the years. You know, I'll admit to being somewhat naive. Like I've been producing events for a very, very long time. And 
they were always, you know, community-based or in the arts, really since I was a kid, you know, I would always be able to look around the room and be like, wow, if you did this thing and they do that yeah. thing and we all did this thing together, it would be so much more beautiful than anything we could do alone, right? So I've always been coordinating and pulling people together to collaborate and create, right? But I got pretty tired, you know, and I moved to Sedona to be quiet. I was like, I'm not producing anymore. I'm I'm just here to meditate and teach yoga. I found my passion. This is so, you know, making such a profound difference in my life. And um, and then the Sedona Yoga Festival, right? So, but that was matched with, oh my gosh, this is my passion. And that's my nature. And these two things together mean that I'm really doing what I'm supposed to be doing in the world, right? So with that naivete, I move forward and we start, you know, trying to invite presenters who are actually more well-known just to have, make sure we have, you know, because you need that along with all of them. And it took maybe two, three years. And I started going, wow, there's a lot of ego in the yoga world. Who knew, right? And and you, sh I should know, like, I've got my stuff, you've got your stuff, we're all messy, we're all human, everybody's, everybody's got their own mess, you know, ultimately, it's not to judge that as a, as a bad thing. But it's to say, oh, right, this is, you know, this amazing practice that had done so much for me since I started in 1996. You can't bypass that, like it's, it's got something for all of us at the stage that we're at. Right. But I had to up level my discernment capabilities at that time and just not welcome, you know, green M&Ms or, you know, and then sometimes there's a great reason to have somebody who's who's become so big. You know, it's, it's just been an interesting journey in that way. So there was a lot of intention then from that time on. And I think you really see it in the programming. Um and the word is a little bit overused these days, but authenticity, right? So yeah. it's like, do you love the practice? Do you love sharing the practice? Like, why why are you in it? And so, you know, the application has developed over the years to include some, you know, deeper questions from people. And sometimes you'll find someone who's only been actually teaching for a few years who is really going to bring something key to the overall program. So it's really, really, really fun in that way to discover people and be inspired by the work that they're doing and to put it into a program that, you know, is valuable and meaningful for the people who come. I also ask the teachers to participate as participants too. I really encourage them to stay the whole time and and so they do. And so we've really built a community around this event and um, it's really a pleasure. I love that. I love that you're willing to even hear applications from people who've only been teaching a few years, but might have something new to offer because it does feel like there's such a huge barrier to come in to teach at a festival or a bigger workshop style event. So I love that you're willing and open to hear those things because I feel like we all have imposter syndrome, right? When I first started working workshop and conference and festival circuits, the first time I applied, I was like, I have no business doing this, but I'm just, I'm just going to do this anyway. Click. You know, there's a presenter who came in 2016 who was just doing some important and meaningful work in uh, her city. And she had a class on joy and no one came to it. And, 
we talked after and she was so beautiful about it. She was like, well, there you go. And I'm here and I'm going to take a lot of classes. And she took a lot of classes. She wrote me a couple of years later because, you know, it's an intuitive process also making these selections. And she said that having been able to put this event on her list of accomplishments had opened up some grants for her to continue yeah. to do the work in the neighborhoods that she was working in where money wasn't a resource that was easily accessible, you know, yeah. and we had her back last year and it was great. A lot of people came, the class was great, you know, so it's sometimes, you know, you just don't know how it works. And Sedona's got, is renowned for, you know, being a spiritual center and a powerful land, uh, you know, which, you know, in Sanskrit, you would refer to it as a Tirta point, kind of like the Marma yeah. points on our body. Yep. And, yep. um, and it's an amplifier. It, it really, what we do here ripples out. So having it here, despite all the ob obstacles of, you know, moving every single year, because there is no conference venue in Sedona and always trying to rework it as the donor itself changes a lot. Um, it's worth it because something happens. You know, you hear those stories when, you know, a thousand people meditate together and, and there's no crime in the city that day or whatever, but we're doing it here and, and it's powerful, you know? Okay. Let's talk COVID for a little bit because that's part of why I wanted to do this festival travel retreat section of the podcast, because as a studio owner, a lot of people can look at me and go, oh my God, I know how hard it was for you. I know it was hard to keep your business open, but we are not making eye contact with the festival organizers in the same way. And it was it was brutal for a couple of years. I know it was. How did Sedona change? How did the festival change? How did you show up during that 2020 to 2023 time? Wow. So, yeah, that's, you know, I feel like there's a, a before and an yes. after, and we're yes. not even really quite at the after yet. We're just like almost at the after, yeah. you know, yeah. and after looks different. Um, some people may know we were the really the first ones impacted. We were at the loading dock of the venue. Um, I think we were so busy with planning the event in February and March of 2020 that we weren't super clear. Like it seemed... Like we were safe and good, you know, yeah. and so we're at the loading dock on March 12th or March 11th. And, um, uh, just had to make the call. The governor declared a state of emergency in Arizona. And, you know, so there were people already in town for the event. Um, especially the people who come to that. We do a trauma training. We can talk more about that, um, every year at the event, uh, but yeah, that was, it was something. So, you know, some people were really mad. Some people were really grateful. You know, everybody got a credit, you know, everything was paid for. It was just such a bizarre time. Like, you know, just cleaning up the mess of like turning around and putting everything back in the box, so to speak. Right. And honestly, it was kind of like that, that the storage box, like the storage unit door just closed and the the little rope got stuck under it a little bit. So for the next two and a half years, dust blew into you know, just, <laughs> like desert dust blew into the storage unit um, in, before it was opened again, you know. And um, so we we delivered a virtual event and with the grace of a lot of our presenters. But, you know, over over that period, we just stepped back. There wasn't really anything that could 
could be done that fit. I know a lot of people moved into working um, virtually, but one of the things about having a festival is that you're, you're, it's not like here we all are at our studio together living in the same town. And so now we can work together to do something. We're inviting people to come and teach for three and a half days, you know, a long weekend. So we just were quiet and then able to bring it back and actually kind of had to bring it back in 2022 because there was a little bit of support to bring it back that, you know, so that was 2022. You talked to any other event producer and it was about 40% capacity, right? And I just held yes. everything aside. Now, Sedona's never been a tent festival. Like I know a lot of the festivals, they all have the tents and you're out on the grass and you're all that. Sedona's been ballrooms and studios and dance studios and, you know, whatever. I, you know, not so much on outside we we do excursions and take people out on the land but so i did everything outside so that was a whole learning curve like oh okay we're renting big tents and how are we going to do this and then you know 2023 we did the same thing we did everything primarily outside and that's when we saw that everybody was ready to come back and what i felt at that time in planning 2023 and i made some pretty significant changes that i want to make sure we get back to about um, programming in 2022 and 2023, but my feeling around 2023 was it's time for something new. And, but my sense was people right now, they just want to hear come back. They don't want to hear new yet. Right. They just want to hear yes. come back. Like is life yes, even yes, starting yes, to look yes. a little normal, you know? Right. So we're still, that's what I meant when I said, we're not quite the before and after we're not quite at the after is that a new way of doing things is emerging, but it, we're we're kind of in this, we're almost there, but we're not quite there. So it's a really interesting time. So coming back in 2022, you know, I, I like so many, took a hard look at my um, efforts around diversity, right? And accessibility and inclusion. And I can proudly say that the festival, you know, forever has, has actually had a pretty diverse lineup of presenters at, Sedona's very white, Arizona's super white, you know, like that was the hurdle that was harder to get over was the audience. And, and, but what I hadn't done and what I realized was I hadn't, cause I just do this thing right all year long. Like I'm organizing this and organizing that. I hadn't put um, diversity in the decision-making space. So I invited uh, Reggie Hubbard, who I'd worked with already for oh, a number of years awesome guy, right? We'd worked together on a few different projects. And um, I asked him to be the director of programming for the 2022 event. And he did an incredible job. It was absolutely wonderful. And it's like, he's a natural at it, you know? And then in 2023, created an entire programming team and invited five luminaries, I was really happy that each person I wanted to reach out to, they all just said yes, a hearty yes. And they're all back this year, which is really, really cool. nice. It's Arundhati Baitmangal Kaur, oh, Let's I love Talk her. Yoga, yeah. <laughs> Johanna Beekman, Danny oh, Pompoon, nice. who has home in San Francisco, and um, Indy Rishi Singh, and so a lot of podcast luminaries. Yeah, I was like, oh, I yeah, love so all of them. Coming back. <laughs> and that's been really fun, you know, because well, it's just been really fun. You know, they each take on a different piece. Yeah. So coming back from COVID, whatever, like now we're back inside and we're back at the Hilton. So we've got inside classes, we've got outside classes. Um, 
you know, I feel like I, I my COVID policy on the waiver is pretty much no bullying, no shaming, no, ju- you know, watch your mind for judgment because like if someone's wearing a mask, they may have a good reason like me with the, you know, I've got some things going on. I may very well mask up for part of it. Um, and some people don't, you know, so that's our policy. No judging, no shaming. I love, <laughs> I love that you've taken like this thing, this thing happened to all of us. And I actually didn't share this with you before we hit record, but I was running a yoga nonprofit in 2022 and we had an event in, in March, early March, 2022. So before yours, and you're right, it was brutal. It was about 40%. We were so glad to be together. Every, everyone had an amazing time, but also it was re it was a really difficult time for events and festivals and travel, even though we were feeling a little more free because the vaccine was out, we were just, you know, not quite there yet. And I think you're right that this now going forward, 2024 on, let's build something new. Let's do new ways of doing things. That's really exciting. I love that attitude of yours. Thank you. Yeah. It was really nice to be back together. Everyone was just really happy. And, you know, there's financial things that come up around the returning too, which is everything's changed, you know, everything's like yes. double or triple the price, you know, and, yes. and what, what's been really interesting is, you know, I have made a lot of really beautiful relationships with people in the yoga industry over the years. And that's just one of the joys of doing this. And people were sharing with me, you know, even in 2022 around there, like you said, when people yeah. were trying to come back, they were like, you know, I used to travel every weekend and go from studio to studio to studio and teach and travel. And I thought I loved it, but you know what? I actually don't think I do. And so a lot of people are like, you know, I don't think I will. Right. So, so a lot of things have changed and they continue to change and that how we do things differently. I'm not trying to necessarily do it differently at SYF 2024, which is in March, but I'm planting the seeds for it. So the theme is all together now. And there's a lot of nuance to that, you know, now and the yoga sutras and, uh, you know, there's a lot going on in that phrase. And I chose it because there's that sense of, um, you know, presence and showing up, but, but also the importance of collaboration and all not meaning like my tribe or my community or my friends or this industry or whatever, but just all together now. Right. And so we're doing some intention. What I am doing differently is, I've witnessed incredible networking happen over the years where people like they really show up to see each other. They want to take a million classes, but they also want to see each other and they want to learn something. And a lot of relationships like form and then beautiful things happen later with those relationships. And so I'm putting some intention into that with the idea of um, creating like speed networking or identify your archetype. So we're going to have you identify your archetype when you arrive and like, there'll be something like a color or a pin. I don't know. So that people can network with each other, but actually asking them to, to ask what does purpose driven collaboration look like moving forward? What does something that's less hierarchical, but co-creation, but like, purpose-driven collaboration? And will you commit in groups of three or more to explore that together and kind of check in with us at three, six, nine, and 12-month periods and let us know what's growing from that, right? So we're using the idea of knowing your purpose, 
of, you know, and, and so there's a lot of courses at the festival this year too, to help you discover that if that's a journey that you're on, you know, and I think that there's a lot of people who are there and ready. So this is going to be really fun. So there's more spaciousness in the schedule, less, you know, even, even just the running of the thing, like we had a ticket price increase recently and just the, oh, I better post an email and no, 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 no. You know, it's like, I don't even think we, I don't even think we want to do that anymore. You know, (laughs) so (laughs) So it's uh, it's changing, and and so that intentional focus on knowing your dharma, your unique gift, you the fact that you are a unique expression of the whole, but that this whole works as one thing, right? That we're all contributing to, whether consciously or not, at any given moment. How do we become more conscious of that? You know, awaken our own gifts, work with other people, and create. You know what we can imagine knowing that everything could come out even more amazing than we can even possibly imagine. I think we're on the cusp of great, great societal changes and it requires our activity because it's going, it's being pulled in multiple directions right now, you know, and, and uh, so the outcome could be an incredible thing. And, and so it'll be fun to plant the seeds for that at all together now coming back, you know, this year in March. So like it's weird if I applaud somebody on a podcast, but if I, <laughs> I would I'm like, <laughs> I love it because I do think you've caught on to this moment right now. I mean, so my primarily my job within my studios, I'm a yoga therapist, so I see people one on one primarily. The discussion of meeting and purpose is just at the forefront of every human who sits in front of me now. They're just like. Hey, so I learned that I really hated a lot of stuff that was in my life before 2020. And I'm trying to find my way out of that into something different, into something new, into something that lights my inner fire a little bit. And it is more at the forefront of people's brains now than I think it ever has before. So like to me, I'm like, oh, that's so of the moment. I love that you used um, lights my inner fire, you know, because (laughs) if you like I'm Hatha Tantra traditions and and it really is the energy of creation that's being called forth right now. And you know, we see that as humanity, in a lot of ways, we're we're um we have got like one foot stuck in the mud of the cycle of violence, you know. And what does that look like to break out of that cycle? It's not um standing in judgment and othering it's you know there's a point where the fire of creation and passionate and sincere love and compassion and empathy creates the ability the the responsibility to to stand for something and 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 have a righteous fight <laughs> when you're yeah. coming from othering and angering you know we're we're perpetuating the cycle of of violence and fighting and and actually operating outside of the basic tenets of yoga. And so uh, we all know that things need to change and we're all discovering what that looks like and how to get there. And, you know, I don't think we know because we've got all these tools from before 2020, like all these people you're talking to individually, but we don't want to use them anymore. We don't want to pick them up. Those are not, those are not tools for us moving forward. You know, we've got, you know, an MIT media lab person creating a a little thing that looks like a giant Bluetooth headset on his, and he thinks into it 
and the computer does what he wants. So, I mean, you know, we're all, we're things are changing on absolutely every yes. level. We've got climate crisis. We've got a lot of crises. We know that. Yes. And, you know, so, so how do we get from here to there when none of us want to pick up the tools from before? It, it's really providing an opportunity for um, massive creativity. And I really want to see people in the conscious community and in the yoga community lead in that space, not just in yoga, just in the world, because we already understand that we're an expression of the whole we understand the holistic nature of everything you know relationship to everything so uh we have that responsibility and opportunity and you know i, I really hope we can make it fun and full of love because without that at the root of anything we're trying to do then we're we're not moving forward you know so that's tough we've that's... all got to learn to love ourselves and everyone just spent three years sitting with themselves you know <laughs> So hopefully everybody so comes true. out of their weird, messy, crazy self, you know, out of, you know, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of that, a lot of like fearlessness of like, look, this is just who I am, you know, you yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah. and that's what we want, be who you are, you know, every unique expression create, you know, if people are honest and true to themselves, then they're adding to the vibrancy of, of life. I think, okay, so you've said so much I want to talk about. <laughs> the one thing I really want to make sure that I circle back to is what you described this idea where we're building spaces where people can be their whole lit up creative selves and find their meeting and purpose like to me that's what skillful leadership is and we don't talk about leadership very often if at all in the yoga space unless it's just me like saying over and over again hey you know you guys we should be leading people they look at us and i like what would you say to other people in leadership positions, people who are organizing festivals and conferences and yoga studio owners and teacher trainers and those of us who stand at the front of the room of us to build those spaces where we can be wildly creative and push change forward? Oh, I feel like wow. you're doing that. No pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Just solve all our problems, Heather, and it'll be fine. <laughs> Oh gosh, if I were to say one thing, it's just, you know, you've, you've got to be grounded and trust yourself um, and pay attention to who's in the room in the sense that, you know, it's not about what you think you thought you planned to bring to the space. You know, it's a dance with everything. And, um, and if, if you're seeing if you're not, if you want more people in the room, you need to actually take action about the way that you're doing things and study that, right? But for, from a leadership perspective, listen to people and find out what they're seeking, find out what they're asking, you know? And, you know, it's funny to say, but I refrain from advice a lot, you know, yeah. uh, rather just help someone understand what they would want to do, you know, and, and learn to uh, listen to people and help them feel seen. But it, I'm not the one to ask, you know, it's interesting. So I'm on this podcast, but I will say I'm talking about our theme and everything like that for the first four or five years. I just didn't tell anybody about the theme and I would like, you know, completely stay behind the scenes and just organize the program in a way where the impact would happen, but we weren't all talking about it. So this is a huge 
step for me to start even just being in interviews. You know, it's a producer yeah. thing. I mean, it's kind of like I yeah. just behind the scenes, you know, I just want everyone to shine except me, you know, so it's been a really interesting <laughs> journey for me. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, a lot of people are coming and saying to me, you know, what you're doing. Da, 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 da. So I'm trying to step out more. So I don't know that I have the best advice, but that's, that's what I would say mostly is, you know, don't try to fix things and don't judge, but you know, really, really listen and help guide people into their purpose. And there, you know, you can't go wrong with that because it's there within each human being. There's, there's, there is a spark, you know, and it could be buried under all sorts of trauma and stuff and experience or, you know, and that's what the tools of yoga are for. Yeah. I think you've given stellar advice because I also think those of us, and I'm just going to own my age because I like to every once in a while, I'm 40, 45, I'll be 46 this year. And half of my team, over half of my team is in their early twenties on at my studio. And so sometimes I'm telling myself in my head, oh, I get to be the witness of 20 something problems, which are different than 40 something problems. And my job is to just hold space to say, I believe in you. My job is to say, I believe in you to figure this out. If you want my advice, I'll give it to you. But for the most part, I think you're going to turn out great. And I feel like it's what you're saying is exactly that hold space for people to make mistakes and be creative and messy and just watch people be awesome. Like, I feel like that is leadership. So you've given good advice, I think. Well, thank you. And I also, I don't, I don't try to hide my own messiness, you know, and so it's like, <laughs> yeah. you know, cause people that I, you see it a lot. And when I way back at the beginning mentioned that there was a lot of ego in the yoga world, it wasn't to diss anybody, but what fascinated me at the time was that, you know, the teachers who had more of that, you know, standoff and, you know, like I'm important yeah. kind of, those classes were always packed. And I was like, what is it? Like, you know, you go to charisma and the master teachers who had a lot of humility and wisdom were also full classes, you know, but I could, I always wondered and I kept trying to figure it out. And it's because there's some, you know, we're all at different stages in our practice. There's something for that. There's something for you at every stage, whatever you need to do, there is a practice and that will change throughout your life. Or maybe it won't, you know, master one, master them all. Right. So like, there's something to that where and I'm not saying this is necessarily about the students, but I think there's a nice, there's a convenient way for us to not look at ourselves if we can be in admiration of someone who seems to be so much better than we could ever be, you know? And, and that's this whole guru thing, which, wow, actually that's something, you know, I think that really shifted during COVID and the decade yes. before, but the decade before there was scandal after scandal after scandal, community disrupted after disrupted community, but I think you were, we have the real potential to come out of this going, you know, everybody's, everybody's a guru. Everybody's a heavyweight here. You know, there's master, there's amazing teachers that you want to learn from, of course. Right. And if you want to be with a teacher, who's going to help you see your stuff great too, but the sort of idolization of the leaders in the yoga community. I feel like we can leave that behind. And one of the ways we have to do that is when we show up as teachers and leaders is not to um, act like we're perfect, you know, because we're not. And, you know, there it is, right? Yes. That's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> I think you said it exactly right. So 
earlier this year, I had Dr. Sham Ranganathan on the podcast who runs yogaphilosophy.com. And Sham said the very same thing. He was saying actually what he calls virtue ethics, where we look to somebody else to tell us how to be perfect or good, is how we were all raised here in the West. But yoga asks us to ask ourselves first. And it is how very human of us to say, of course, there's going to be somebody else who's better, but you're right. Like we can get rid of that all because the true question is, what does it look like for me to show up as my best self and you to show up as your best self? Like that's what we're doing here, which to me is exciting. It's so exciting. It's really an exciting time, you know, and, and the landscape is very different. You know, uh, there's a, a bunch of new festivals, new smaller festivals. That's really exciting. Yeah. Some of the bigger old ones are just gone or some of them are closing and lots and lots of transition in in the, the space. And I think, you know, one of the things people don't realize is how high risk it is to, yes. to do a big event. I mean, and I don't think I ever was very risk averse. I always just kind of went after everything with blood, sweat Same. and tears throughout my life and closing the doors on 2020 taught me a lot about that. And then I started being like, well, okay, wait a minute, what are we committing to? (laughs) You know, (laughs) what if, what if something happens again, you know, but I can't move, I can't operate from that space, but um, a lot goes into festivals and it's very different than, you know, it it requires so much more work, I think, than people realize throughout the year by a lot of people on the team just to host people for a few days. And, you know, um, it, and then when the doors open, it's just such an amazing experience, you know. I I'm optimistic that a lot of people are coming this year. Uh, you know, I'm counting on it. I've got some great presenters who've never been a part of it before. That's one thing is I I try to mix it up, and a lot of our attendees are super loyal. You know, they come back each yeah. year, and then there's always new people, and um, really from all over the place. Sedona is a destination, so that helps, right? And you know, two out of three people are yoga teachers, but absolute beginners are totally welcome because you could go through the whole weekend and not do um, a single asana, right? And still dive deeply into yoga yeah. uh, in, in all the other ways that it shows up for us. And so, you know, so I'm I'm excited. Um, um, I can't believe it's only a few weeks away. <laughs> so yeah. hopefully we'll see people here, you know, in Sedona. And we do when I realized that so many of the people who come are yoga teachers, uh, starting the very second year, there was a training for yoga teachers and it used to be a pre-conference, but now it's integrated. And it's always every year, a 20 hour, uh, trauma conscious yoga training. And so that's been different faculty every time too. So some people come back and people have gone out to do just amazing work in their communities. And so, yeah, it's this year. It's Laura Land from Three and a Half Acres Yoga, oh, cool. mm-hmm. and that's cool. going to be amazing. So, yeah, and having it immersed in the festival gives people the opportunity to integrate and celebrate and be with community, sort of in between their deeper sessions with with the training. And um, yeah, I'm really proud of that. They we've done probably over 800, 900 people at the festival, and a couple thousand through a partnership with an online yoga platform that filmed filmed it in 2016, which was so nice because it was when Rama Jyoti Vernon was was part of the faculty um, and she's no longer with us. And yes. so to have that recorded is amazing. And she had been in the 20, 
15 festival, we invited her and um, Shraddha, who was a teacher oh, here, yes. Ruth Hartung, who's also no longer with us here from Seven Centers Yoga in Sedona, to do some workshops about the work they've been doing with yoga in Palestine. And so this year we are doing a whole panel on the continuation of that work with some of their students who are still um, still doing that work. And so there's uh, also that and um, a peace vigil uh, at the closing is going to be very beautiful, so. Oh, that sounds lovely. <laughs> Tell me what you're most excited about for the future of travel tourism festivals in the yoga space. We've talked a little bit about it, but let's talk about like, what does this look like for us going forward? Because I, I feel like we're hungry to get back. I feel like it's it's coming that we're ready to really look at this in a new way. I think we're able to see that we want to get back, um, yes, to practice and play and do yoga together and study yoga and everything, but the, that the primary reason for it is to be in community. Yes. So I know that, you know, my work is guiding me to open up a lot more conversations, right, uh, when we're together to provide this time for exchange of insight, you know, and, and uh, in-person insight, right? So last year we started, we used to do panel discussions and last year the programming team shifted us to what we're calling huddles. So it's facilitated by a couple of presenters, you know, but it's a conversation. Like we sit in a circle and the attendees that want to participate in that conversation do and, and, and people can really dive deep instead of sitting in an audience and watching you know, yes. smart people talk, right? Which, yeah. you know, also is an awesome thing to do, right? You know, because you sometimes you just want to hear really from someone about what their thoughts are. So um, so I think, you know, what I see is um, fewer flagship large events like this and, you know, and, and those are important, but also, you know, smaller, more intentional uh, gatherings, if you will, you know, and I think yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be more that the student needs to travel to the teacher than it is going to be asking the teacher to travel all over the place. I see that, you know, I think uh, there's, we were talking about holding space before, and, you know, some of that really is like, there are some amazing longtime teachers who have just completely disappeared. And my theory is that they're just meditating somewhere and that they're yeah. actually just holding holding something down for us right now you know so 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 that's just you know another theory yeah I, I I like that theory I also think like you said people don't understand how much work goes into festivals and I think people also don't understand how hard it is to be a traveling yoga teacher I often use 2022 as my benchmark. So I traveled five times that year to different conferences and festivals where I presented. And I was like, never again. And that was only five times. Like I wasn't, you know, Sadie Nardini who was going every single weekend somewhere else. Like that wasn't me. I wasn't Jeevana who was traveling all over and teaching everywhere. Like it was five times, <laughs> like every other month, you know, pretty much. And I was like, that's too much for me. I want to have a life. I want to have a home. I want to be able to sleep in my own bed. Like it is difficult for all of those teachers to be traveling. So when they're near you, go see them. 
Absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up Jivana, Jivana yeah. Heyman, the founder of Accessible Yoga School and an author. He's coming for the first time this year. I'm oh, so pleased. Tell yes. him I say hi. Because <laughs> yeah. you're not traveling. Understood. <laughs> Copy that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm really, really excited. You know, with, with our lineup this year, you know, uh, Sianna Sherman bringing some, just that beautiful heart and joyfulness and playfulness, yeah. you know, uh, Ian Finn hasn't been teaching in a number of years, has a new book out, uh, and some new, uh, methods that are just so beautiful. And he's coming and Insia is coming, uh, wow. also with her Ayurveda we've got Himalaya and DTO. They moved to Costa Rica during, everything being closed and opened a beautiful retreat center down there in body Costa Rica. And they're coming all the way up for it. Um, you know, it's just, it's overall an incredible, incredible lineup, you know, I'm so it's excited. all on the website. I'm excited. I'm excited for you. I'm excited for lots of people to come and see you this year and be, like you said, in community, which I want to, I want that for us again. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. I'm so grateful to be on this show. I think you've helped me break through another one of my, you know, Yay. wow, I was just on a podcast, you know. <laughs> awesome. I mean, I think I've probably done done this some of these interviews before, but you're you're such an excellent uh, conversationalist. And uh, if you were open to traveling, I welcome you to please come to Sedona anytime this year or the following year. I I'm it's on my radar. <laughs> it's, on my, it's on my radar. <laughs> Heather, tell everybody where to find you and how to get in contact with you and how to come to Sedona. Sure. Uh, SedonaYogaFestival.com is our website and you can find the links. We're on LinkedIn and uh, Instagram and Facebook, right, at Sedona Yoga Festival. And um, uh, I, Sedona is in northern Arizona and it's incredibly beautiful and sacred land. Um, and we've been supported and gifted the, uh, you know, permission actually, and appreciation of, of having this here by the Yavapai Nation, Apache Nation and, um, Havasupai. Uh, so we're okay here. We're okay. It's always been a place for prayer and it's about two hours, uh, well, 90 minutes north of Phoenix airport would be how you get here. You know, if you want to fly to Flagstaff that... It might be snowy to come down the smaller airport from Flagstaff, but Arizona is all about elevation. It's gorgeous in Sedona in March, you know, and um, it's just a small little town of 10,000 surrounded by millions and millions of acres of uh, forest service land and wilderness. So just so much to explore, so much beauty. And, you know, we... We get people out on the land for sure a little bit, but even just being at the venue surrounded by Red Rocks, you do feel the power of it. So, you know, and you can find me, Heather Sheree Sanders on Instagram and LinkedIn also. Um, and I'm just really excited to have the opportunity to, you know, talk with you, with these listeners today and hopefully uh, meet some of you in person in Sedona, March 14 to 17, yep. 2024. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Heather. I loved this conversation. I knew I would, but uh, thank you so much. <laughs> I also enjoyed myself. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you so much for chatting with me, Heather. Here are our key takeaways. First, 
It used to be the goal to be a yoga teacher who travels, but through COVID, it made the industry shift perspectives on where we go and why. There also used to be a circuit that yoga teachers who were well-known would travel within, teaching in different cities and festivals all over the world. Now those festivals have gone by the wayside, replaced more with local and regional feeling events that foster community. I love a lot of what the shift has indicated for us and our priorities. How about you? Next, especially here in 2024, I agree with Heather that we just want to get back together again. We want to gather in groups and connect and move and learn and grow together. Heather's theme of the conference this year, being all together now, is exactly what we all want. Next, we really do want to connect together as much as we want to learn. And if you ask me, this is the reason I go to festivals and conferences. I swear at least half of the people on this podcast I have connected with in some way during a festival or conference over the last few years. I love meeting y'all out there in the wild, learning what lights your inner fire and getting to share bits of your passion on this podcast. So let me say a heartfelt thank you to those of you who I've met in those spaces. Y'all are the best. Next, do you want to do events? Small events? Big events? First, y'all need a theme. In fact, my own studio community just gave me some guff for hosting a potluck the other day without a theme, and they were totally right. If you want to know more about how to do this skillfully, I just recently read a book called The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker to learn more about making skillful parties, dinner parties, cocktail parties, dance parties, gatherings, and all kinds of events. And finally, how are we facilitating connection within our own communities and gatherings? I know that this is something that I have asked before on the podcast, and connection is one of my forever themes for my life. But I want to say we don't need to host giant events in order to facilitate community among our people. Book clubs, potlucks, murder mystery nights, movie screenings and discussions, and collaborative outside experiences like forest baths are some of the things that I have done in my community that have all been well received. I have done bigger events too, of course, as you heard, but those smallest events can seem much less intimidating, and also create a lot of meaning for people. Next week, I am back on to perfectionism content with my podcast bestie, Pooja Varani. Pooja and I chat about life updates, how perfectionism seeps into culture in regards to productivity, and so much more. Are you getting enough stuff done? Me either. Let's go take a nap instead, okay? Thank you so much for listening, friends. I am always surprised and so grateful to hear your experiences and takeaways from the podcast, so please don't hesitate to reach out via the contact form on my website, www.workinginyoga, and I will catch you around the water cooler next time.